And then there's three questions that I would, you know, ask for yourself. You know, am I happy in my life right now? Or am I just kind of dreaming about a different new life? And then number two is, is there something I want to do that I haven't done? And then number three is, am I living someone else's dream and not my own? Welcome to Inside Out Career Design. In this show, we're obsessed with answering a single question. Is it possible to create an authentic, meaningful, and fulfilling life you love while building a successful and rewarding career? My name is Peter Axtell, and I'm here with Nicola Vetter. We're co-founders of the whatsnext.com Career Insights platform and creators of the groundbreaking Motivation Finder Assessment. Join us as we seek to transform suffering into joy for millions of people stuck and confused in their lives and careers. We'll share our insights, discoveries, and life lessons and talk with career experts, leaders, spiritual guides, psychologists, data scientists, coaches, anyone who might hold a strategy or answer to the age-old questions of What's next for me, and what should I do with my life? Are you trying to figure out what to do with your life? To figure out what to do with the precious time you've been given on this earth? Or to figure out what only you, as a remarkable and unique individual, can bring into this world? If you are, please join us for one of our live and completely free online workshops where we cover different topics to help you figure out what to do with your life and career without wasting precious time taking wild guesses or risking it all. To save your spot in our next live and free workshop, go to whatsnext.com forward slash workshops. We can't wait to see you there. Again, that's whatsnext.com forward slash workshops. Our guest today is Emily Clay. Emily is a community engagement manager, podcaster, and has a deep interest in the longevity economy. And she has 30 years of experience in digital media and building strategic partnerships. In 2022, she was among the top 10 finalists at the International Longevity Center UK for a social impact idea she presented. She has a lot to say about the opportunities older adults have. That's why we were really looking forward to talking with Emily. In our conversation, we talk about how there are more and more companies willing to hire older adults with the right skill set why it's important to keep up with technology and keep learning, how having a simple, personal website is a strategic advantage, and how the huge demographic shift happening now is an opportunity for older adults. And now it's time to listen and learn from Emily. Welcome, Emily. Uh, you Thank and I you. met at one of Seth Golden's workshops, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation because you have a different way of exploring the question 
that we are seeking to answer on the Inside Out Career Design Podcast, which is, what's next for my life, for my career, or even the bigger question, what should I do with my life? Particularly with regards to older workers and the longevity economy. But before we get into that, what was a what's next moment in your life where you had to sit down and had no choice but to figure out what's next for you? <laughs> It's still going. Um, I think the biggest was in 2019 when I decided to leave my full-time job. I, I wanted to explore other things. And I had the ability to do that. And so I had a couple of different ideas that I wanted to pursue. And I went ahead and, and was able to do that. I know that some people are not able to just quit their full-time jobs and, and, and start something completely different. I'm aware of that. But um, There were some family circumstances. My dad was ill. It was also pre-pandemic, so companies weren't as um, friendly, <laughs> shall we say. And so I really was left with no choice but to leave so I could spend some time with my dad before he died. Sorry to hear that. Now, given what has happened, what did you decide to do then? <laughs> So I really wanted to be helpful in some capacity and I'm really good at getting a bunch of different information together that people may not have heard of or heard about and putting together uh, content. And so the vision originally was to have a matching platform, a career matching platform for people 50 plus. Um, that did not take off for a variety of reasons. One being that people don't want to be singled out because of age. And so if you are a badass, sorry for my language, and you're over 50, you think, well, I don't need that. I don't need help with, you know, finding a job or, and so, um, so it became pretty challenging and it was also a two-sided market. So we had to get people um, in the system. And then we also had to figure out how to vet them. And then we also had to have companies that were willing to hire and wanted to, they, that were intentional about hiring older. So after about working on that for about a year, year and a half, um, decided to become a career coach and help people in a, in a mid career transition. And then I'm also a community engagement manager for a tech startup. It is an intergenerational career platform. And so we match people of different ages who are excited about and are interested in some of the same kinds of jobs and skills. And so it's a way to augment maybe something that didn't know uh, just by matching them with someone who, who, who might, you know, have a different experience, say it's UX design or something. And so each person will bring something different to, to that conversation. That's so interesting. Brings up two questions for me. So did you, you experience that people 50 plus who had been kind of successful said, I don't think I need help. 
I think it was a matter of, so we did extensive research, but it was, um, there's something called confirmation bias. And so I think, <laughs> I think people were friendly and excited about it and thought it was a good idea, including my business partner, partner who had startup and exit experience at Microsoft. But at the end of the day, it's um, people don't want to be singled out as different. And people don't want to be singled out as different because of their age. And so, so, so that was just a massive challenge. And it's such of a sticky topic, especially age and career, that it's getting better, but it's still, um, it, it, it's, there's a lot of shame around it. So does, does your new offering, is this a connection offering that helps bring people together as, a, as support and ideas? Or So Circle is a membership program, and it's uh, an intergenerational career platform. And so it's not free, but it's a paid community where you can go and learn about and find out about different jobs that might be available where companies you know, are intentional about hiring older. Um, cause everyone in the group, they're all different ages, but they don't care how old you are as long as you have the skill set. And then we'll have different workshops and different events for our members. And so, but the matching piece is really about taking two people that have signed up for, to learn about different things and, and then saying, oh, you're interested in television production. Well, this person won five Emmy awards. You might want to talk to that person. You know, so so that that's how it works. <laughs> so that's amazing because it's what we would call the life and career design conversations that people have. So it's exactly exactly that. I'm curious, you speak a lot about the longevity economy. Can you tell us about first what that means and how you got interested in that topic? Yes. So I was trying to make a career pivot and experienced um, no interest in people hiring me. And so that's why I wanted to start a loom hire, which is the, which is the company I was telling you about the failed startup that I, that I worked on. And I learned a ton though. I learned so many different technology tools and I learned a ton from my business partner, Nick, a kind of more MBA speak and how to present and things like that. I think, um, to me, the longevity economy, a lot of people don't know what it is right off the bat. It's basically products and services for older adults. So there's a massive demographic shift going on globally. And more people are talking about it now, but people weren't talking about it very much a couple of years ago. And so this has implications across the board in terms of different industries. So, you know, look at entertainment. There are uh, film producers who want screenplays with characters who are age 50 plus, because, you know, if a majority of people are going to be older, then Do you want to watch people who are in their 20s all the time? No, you you know, you, you just don't. So, you know, Grace and Frankie, is that what it's called, Frankie? 
Chris. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Um, th- so there are a number of different examples of films, TV series that actually have these people who are older and are um, um, entertaining and people want to watch it. People want to see it because that's kind of, it's, it's more of a, a, a realistic portrayal of who they are. Um, I think I got interested also just in the, the dialogue about different words that are used. So do you want to be called a senior? I mean, I don't. Do you want to be called, do you want to be called elder, elderly? No. How about just older adult? How about just older adults? You know? And I thought a lot about, oh gosh, should I get into this because it's such of a taboo topic? But then I thought, no, I should absolutely get into it because it's a taboo topic and because it's a business advantage when you have a diverse age, diverse ages on your workforce. I mean, it's, it's a fact. You'll actually be more productive and have, you know, generate even more profits when you have these different viewpoints and different lenses coming to the table both ways older and younger yeah i can remember over the over the years that we've explored this this topic about workplace motivation and well-being and years ago it seemed that there were a number of people in positions of power who just didn't care i don't have time for that i don't care we just you know we just got up you see is that now changing this would be very good news at the people are starting to wake up and realize that they have to care about things like well-being and having people who are older with wisdom. Is, do you see a change in that? Um, in terms of hiring older yeah. in particular or yeah. the wellness piece? Well, I think both? that, the, well, we, we can do both, but let's try with the hiring, the hiring mm-hmm. piece. Are people waking up to that? So I think a little bit, yes, I think so. Um, 8% of companies throughout the U.S., they do have include age as part of their diversity, equity, and inclusion, but it really comes from leadership and saying, hey, it isn't just about race and gender. We want to measure age as well, because if it isn't measured, then people aren't going to pay attention to it. And so people at a company aren't going to pay attention to it. So, you know, when people are trying to get in their foot in the door, it really happens at the, at the, the block happens at the hiring level. And so it's, it's disheartening and frustrating, especially for women and women of color and old, you know, older women of color and older women in general. I think it's, um, and, and men struggle too, but it's, um, I think it's going to have to change and it's going to be more about more skill-based, not about what you look like or how old you are. So you said, so is that the gatekeeper at the hiring level? That's where people get cut off there. It doesn't even get even higher than the, how do, is there any way that people, are there some strategies or an advantage to get past those gatekeepers? Yes. In fact, one of them is just making sure that you are up on technology and really being honest with yourself about learning and growing in that regard. So, you know, we talked a little bit about having your own website 
And I think no matter who you are, even if you're a highly coveted developer, you know, wouldn't it be cool if you had a website and then you talked about this really amazing program for inner city kids, for example, and you, and you, you know, wanted to participate and show them how to code. And so you participated once a week or, you know, so that would be part of your personality showing on your, on your, on your website. Right. And so if you're in your forties, mid forties, even fifties and, and, and beyond, I just think it's valuable for people to get a window into who you are. And so things like what's your favorite Ted talk, you know, what, what inspired you? There's a little silly, um, it's a 20 second clip of Matt Damon in we bought a zoo. And he talks about it's the 20 seconds of courage and it it's, it's, you can Google it, but I have it on my, on my Twitter account too, because I just love it. So he had 20 seconds really. And he's teaching his kids how to be c- courageous for 20 seconds. And, and so, you know, you could include a clip like that, you know, just things that, um, and, and your favorite books, your favorite business books, you know, maybe you've been following, you know, a venture capitalist, maybe you were in a startup and you've been following a venture capitalist you admire and you read their blog or you, re- you know, so if you, even if you have three or four sentences about it and then have that link there, it just gives a little window into what you're thinking about and how you think and what you value. And so I, I think it's, it's really important. A lot of people don't do it, but I think it's a missed opportunity because you can have the website on your LinkedIn profile. You can have it on your Twitter. And so it is still amazing to be, but when people don't, don't have one because there's so many easy DIY um, opportunities in order to build your own site. I never would have, I never would have thought about that, you know, cause you think about, okay, get your, get your resume in order and get on Twitter and get on LinkedIn. But you're talking about a whole other thing that really represents your, your character much more than just here's my LinkedIn profile and what I have to, I think that's a brilliant idea. Especially, yeah. especially I think for people that are looking for what's next out there, if you can put yourself out there with a, kind of a calling card, right, as a personal website, then that must be very inspiring for employees, potential employees that are looking for someone to hire. You mean employers or employees? Employers. Employers, yeah. (laughs) Well, it, 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 it differentiates yourself. And if you, you know, it's highly competitive out there. So... If there's a choice between you and say, say you've listed five of your favorite books, business books, not, you know, Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> but, you know, if, if you have, and then maybe that person has read some of those books, you know, Ray Dahlia's Principles, that's a big one for millennials. Well, that, so some of these things that you're writing about might resonate with people. You know, or even that 20 minute clip that I told you about, they might think, oh, that's so cool. I love that. I love that message. Um, So it doesn't have to be some brilliant 
you know, pros or loads of blogs included on it. You can just have your, you know, three or four sentences and why you, why you love this video or why you love this TED talk or why you love this book or the three takeaways from this book and how it helped you. I just, um, it's, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to show another side of you. That's all. And the benefit of having a website instead of having it on LinkedIn is what? Oh, well, you can have the website listed on your link. I mean, I think you should have both LinkedIn and your own website. But no, the benefit is really um, the website can reveal your personality more. LinkedIn isn't Yes, you can have, you know, videos posted on LinkedIn, but that can be annoying, <laughs> you know, as um, someone scrolling through. So I think you have to be careful with that. But unless you're really on message and you keep it at 30 seconds, all of that. But if you have your own site, then you could put in a loom video about and kind of an overlay and then have your opinions about this article. Hey, I wanted to say, you know, I dropped in this article because this article really explains the longevity economy, you know, or whatever it is that you're passionate about. And so, um, so yeah, I think there's so many opportunities for people to get creative in terms of putting themselves out there. Do people need to be concerned about keywords for SEO reasons and AI strategies? when they create their own website? I think it's always good to look into and to figure out if so, say, for example, if you have a WordPress site, then there are a number of different plugins that can take care of, you know, different SEO strategies. And I think it's important to see how you can rise to the top. I mean, not just having people type in your exact name, but you can tag articles. There's all different things that you can do to kind of rise to the top. Um, my site is in WordPress. So that's the one that I'm mainly familiar with. You know, in one of your blog posts, you wrote about this Microsoft study on the great resignation, which seems everyone has heard of. And it cited three forces, the economic crisis, the changing generation and the realization that people can have a different social contract. It was a fascinating article. And I'd like to dig deeper into each one of those and see how it applies to our audience of people who are trying to figure out what's next. So what about the economic crisis? You know, the economy is going to go up and down and we've, and when, if you're a certain age, you've seen and been through a couple of different things. Right. And so like when I graduated from college there, it was a down economy and there weren't very many jobs. And so I moved to a bigger city, but, um, there's yes, you know, it's a, it's a massive challenge, but I also think that looking at things like what are the different trends in terms of healthcare? What are the different trends in terms of the demographic shift? I mean, there's going to be more need for social gerontologists, for example, there's going to be more need for, um, therapists. So 
people are going back to school to get their masters in psychology. So yes, the economy is, that's a down economy, but there are also loads and loads of jobs that are badly needed out there. And even vocational, somebody brought up vocational work to me the other day, and it might not pay as much, but it's going to pay more than working at a grocery store. And so you take, you know, these courses anywhere from six months to a year, and then you're certified, and then you can give ultrasounds, or you can, you know, so maybe you're making forty, fifty thousand dollars a year, but that's a lot better than nothing. Um, and it's one way to get your foot in the door. If you show the fortitude and the ad, you know, to to to, to get in the door by doing the, a certification, then I think that can really help. That's very specific certification to land a job, you know. Um, and then, and then what was the next, the next piece you wanted the, the, to talk se about? The second one was the changing generation, which you just, you just touched on. And obviously this huge shift of the baby boomers, which has been going on now for, I don't know, three or four years. So that it also talked about the, the changing generation. Right. And so, you know, as it pertains to the economy, I mean, all the articles that most of the articles I've read anyway, talk about how people are leaving the workforce to retire. Well, that isn't necessarily the case. A lot of people have been, you know, shown the door um, at a certain age. <laughs> and so that's a piece that is, um, is super unfortunate, but it is, it is a trend that is, that is happening. But I think that, <sighs> the more difficult it is to find good workers. I think the people who are enlightened and progressive and know that your talents and skills don't end at 45, 50, 55, they don't just stop. You don't just wake up one day and go, oh my God, I don't know anything. Ah. And so I think those leaders and those people um, are catching on and going, oh yeah, sure, we'll take a look. You know, we'll we'll see about this person. So, what if they're older, and and so, but the demographic shift is um, is massive. People aren't having as many children, and that's been going on for a while. And so now it's coming to a head where, you know what? A lot of companies aren't going to have a choice. They're gonna they're gonna have to evolve if they want to progress and be successful, they're going to have to take a look at these other candidates. I, I like this point for our audience a lot. The idea of the only thing that I'm good for now is to go work at Whole Foods. No offense to people who work at Whole Foods. I, I love the people at Whole Foods. But the idea that it's all over for me, as opposed to, now, wait a minute, what if I, if I take a proactive step and say, I'm kind of interested in, let's say, healthcare? and I'm interested in psychology or physical therapy, whatever, then I can actually go and do something to move myself forward, which of course is creating a momentum and creates dignity rather than just say, I just have to give up. You're taking some proactive action. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, I think um, every day you have to wake up and have your own affirmation and, and, some people don't like that word or, or think it's too woo-woo, but I, I believe that if you're talking to yourself 
and saying, I can only work for new seasons. I can only do, you know, or it's a grocery store in Portland, or I can only do this. Then you go where your mind goes. And it isn't easy to combat those gremlins on your shoulder going, my God, you're not good enough. Or, or I've applied to 5 million jobs and no one will take me. I, I just think it's time to dig deep and, and, you know, people have certain words that they adhere to or, or they focus on in 2023. I'm a fan of that. I'm a big fan of that. I'm also a fan of rewriting your own story. So maybe it hasn't happened yet, but you do your future self. You talk about your future self and go into detail about what that looks like. But there are all different kinds of creative ways to earn. And my friend Elizabeth White, she wrote 55 Underemployed and Faking Normal. She went to Harvard. She went to Johns Hopkins. Brilliant woman. She couldn't find a job. So she wrote this book kind of out of frustration. But she said, you know, Emily, people just need to get off their high horse. <laughs> and so what she meant was one of her friends came to her and said, hey, you know, I have this job. And it involves, you know, organizing. And um, we got to really dig deep and, you know, um, and it pays, you know, such and such, whatever. Well, Elizabeth thought it was like organizing a community, things like, what President Obama had, had done. This woman was talking about organizing a closet. And Elizabeth said, well, I'm not doing that. You know, I mean, she's, she has um, highly esteemed credentials and has spoken in front of Congress and all kinds of things. And her friend said, Elizabeth, get off your high horse. You need this money. And so there's a little bit of element of that to get off your high horse. Yeah, you may have made 150, 160, whatever, but it's going to be tougher now. And so figure out a creative way to make those, you know, work. Maybe it's part vocational and then maybe it's part, you know, doing something that you did in the past, but at, you know, a salary that maybe it wasn't what you had before. It's also a different, it's a different day. It's, 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 um, I don't think salaries are, you know, going up, up right now <laughs> either. And so there's that to remember as well and to not take it personally. Mm. Mm. Not take it personally. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I love the whole, the high horse, getting off the high horse. Mm. But for people who are looking for what's next, how can they prepare for the future of work that you've been writing about a lot as well in order to stay relevant and informed? So we talked about a few examples. Do you have some more? I do. <laughs> oh, please. I bet. <laughs> I, think, I think, you know, uh, um, For me, it was really diving in and being curious about about technology. And so if you just replace fear with curiosity and really dive in. So follow people on Twitter who are they call it um, they call it building in the open. 
where they talk about all the no-code tools that they use. So I follow a bunch of people who are not engineers, are not developers, software developers. They started their company with all of these different no-code tools. And so, yes, you still have to learn the technology, but you don't have to be a developer in order to start something. But a lot of people don't know the term no-code. So one example of no-code is WordPress. Another one is Webflow. And one individual, he was a security guard at a building, and he taught himself in his downtime at work, he taught himself how to build websites using Webflow. Well, he's now developed an agency and he earns 30 grand a month. So don't you think those kinds of things are interesting to know about? You know, I, I mean, there's a lot more opportunity out there than I think people realize. And yes, some of it is, 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 doing things on your own, taking the bull by the horns and doing things on your own. But if you know the capability of some of these technology tools, you have the advantage of age because you can bring a different lens to it. So for example, I was reading about, I was reading about an app and it's for women who suffer from in domestic violent situations. And the app disappears so that the spouse can't find it on their phone. Now, I don't, I don't know how they do that, this or whatever, but I was looking at that and thinking about it in terms of a different use case and was talking to a friend about it and thought, you know, this kind of thing could be, you know, white labeled and sold to like this idea that I had that I don't want to talk about, but anyway, it could be sold to like law firms or whatever. And they're like, did you just think of that? And I said, well, yes, but it's because of all the reading I've done about these different tools and these, these new technologies that are available. And so, um, I think it's an advantage to be the age that we are, but you really have to believe it. You have to believe, because you can bring a different lens to something and go, oh God, that disappears? Why couldn't we do X, Y, and Z with this? You know? Um, so yeah, just replace fear with curiosity. And I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I've struggled with the fear <laughs> for sure, you know? Um, but it's so much, it's so rewarding when you can crawl out of that and go, oh, wow, okay, it's not that hard. I'm good. It's not that difficult. It reminds me, but we are very big on psychology and there's this idea of state of being. And now people can't see this on the video right now, but when I'm looking at Emily, your state of being, you have this timeless quality to you because you can just see how you are how you stand, how, what your presence is. <clears throat> and this is, this is known in psychology that that is magnetic to people. How, what is your, who, it's not what are you doing, is who are you being? How, how are you showing up? And saying, I, I can show up and be proactive. I'm going to do this and, and I'm going to learn this and I'm going to show up. That has got to be 
magnetic. I don't have any case studies to give you right now, but there's got to be someone walks in and said, that person, there's something about them that I'm attracted to and I want to hire them. Hmm. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think a bunch of different things can help. You know, I, I know people don't want to hear it, but volunteering can help because then you create these allies and then they have friends and then they could say, oh my God, she's awesome. I want to hire, you know, this person. So I went to, and then also um, something that Dick Huey said <laughs> from the Akimbo workshop, he said, be intentional about the people you are around. So not just friends and family, but be intentional about if you want to be in this space in the longevity economy, Emily, you know, for example, you've got to go to the longevity conference at Sanford, which I did. And you know how I got, you know, it was a $500 ticket. And my friend said, why don't you just ask him if you can volunteer? And I did. And they said, yes. And so it was just the flight because I stayed at a friend's house. But these are creative patchwork things. And I met loads of heavy hitters in the longevity space. I'm already, I was already connected to many of them, but it was so nice to have a face to a name and to be kind of, oh my God, there's Barbara Waxman. There's, you know, like all these people who are in this space, right? And so, you know, I didn't land any big job out of it, but I've definitely landed, oops, are you there? <laughs> Okay. Um, but I've definitely landed, you know, additional relationships, you know, and, and, and friendships just by going to this. And so in that intentional piece, I really, I really like that that resonated with me. And probably also, I would guess some clarity. Yeah. Um, yeah, in terms of, I mean, if you're passionate about something, you have to his point was, are you going to be on the fringes on the outside looking in, or are you going to be there at the conference, introducing yourself, talking about these issues, talking about innovation in this space, you know, that that's what I, that's what I mean. Now you, you also talk about strategic partnerships. And I'm wondering, this is more something for the business context, probably the, the uh, companies that form strategic partnerships, but I believe that also individuals can form such strategic partnerships, for example, at a conference like that. Mm, how does that help people to move towards more clarity about their next career steps? Well, um, I think, I think a couple of things, um, when you're meeting people looking at their LinkedIn, so I, I'm, a, I'm on LinkedIn all the time and obsessed with where people went to school, what, what are they doing? Where are they working? Are they, are they working, you know, for someone? And so, and, and how did they get there and do they have an online program? And so, um, so I can be a little bit of a nerd, but I think, I think it's, um, you know, it's very individual. If you're passionate about something and you see the writing on the wall in terms of the demographic shifts and 
what kinds of things could be impacted in the future. I just, I just think the more curious you are about it and, and talk to people, then they get excited too. And you can kind of gain more clarity by setting aside time to talk to some of these people. If that's what, if that's what you need, if you, if you need the clarity, you know, I mean, yeah, we have a friend who just retired and she was out of work during whenever, whenever it was. And what she did, she went and volunteered. She showed up at all these various places and volunteered and showed up and met various people and learned all kinds of things as a result of her just showing up and say, I'll volunteer, I'll, I'll help. I, I'm not entitled. I'm not too proud to do that. And from that experience, she did it at three or four different places. It landed her to reach her goal to be an agile project manager is what she had always wanted to do. And the experience that she got at volunteering was a stepping stone to be a, a, an, an agile project manager. And she just retired at 60. She put it, she went, bam, I'm going to go for it. And it was kind of a wonderful success story. And her, she had a lot of good things to say about volunteering is a good idea. It's a good idea in terms of networking. It's a good idea in terms of combating loneliness and expanding your friendships. And, and, and don't treat it as something that you can take, you know, as, as um, taking someone's um, contacts or think of it as just giving. Just give, see what happens, be kind, um, offer up ideas if they want them. You know, I tend to do that without asking. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I think, um, you know, just asking permission and being, um, yeah, ready to, ready to, ready to roll up your sleeves. I love that. I think, I think, um, I think some people don't want to overcommit, you know, and go, Oh God, once a week, that's a long time. But think of the things that you might be able to learn from those people in that room. So there was a woman who I met, she was the first person I met at the longevity summit conference. And she said that she was from Portland. And I said, so am I. <laughs> and she said, Oh, I'm from, I'm from bridge meadows. And I said, Oh, I love bridge meadows. And she goes, Oh my gosh, just the fact that you reacted that way just made my day. Well, bridge meadows is an intergenerational, uh, living situation where they take foster kids and seniors, right? And then help each other out. Um, and it's a community and it's being adopted throughout the nation. It's being replicated throughout the nation. And I had worked in media uh, locally. Um, so I knew about Bridge Meadows and the work that they were doing. And I knew that it was intergenerational and that they were replicating it throughout the nation. So, so anyway, um, you know, now I can reach out to her and have a conversation and maybe get involved with them, maybe volunteer with them. So, so, so yeah, it's being intentional about, about conferences, about, you know, where, where is it you want to go in terms of your, of your future self and just embody that as much as possible in terms of the people that you want to be connected with. 
you wrote about another thing called the called YOLO. And I have to admit, I didn't know what YOLO meant. After I researched that, it means you only live once. And you had three or four questions that you asked about people who were with the idea of YOLO. Can we talk about that a little bit? One was, if I don't do this, will I regret it? That was one mm. of the things. Yeah, that's a biggie. And that was a big, you know, regret on um, it's a book. Um, people were interviewed on their deathbed, and I can't recall the name, but I'll send it to you because I just wrote it down like yesterday. Anyway, and, and it was regret. So if you say, okay, when I'm 70 or 80, am I going to look back and go, God, I had this chance. I had this chance to change my life. I had this chance to take a step forward and do this. Am I courageous enough? You know, can I, can I figure out a way to make this massive change? And so, so I read a ton of self-help and psychology and <laughs> um, a ton. I mean, one of my friends was like, oh my God, you're like the self-help museum, what's happening? But, um, but I just like it. You know, there's one book that I really, that I think I put in the email to you, um, Nicola, is, um, is Life is in the Transitions no matter what age by Bruce Feeler. And he talks about running towards it, run towards that challenge, run towards that. And don't, don't think about the immediate possible chaos. Think about the outcome. Think about the outcome down the line. And what is it going to be like? I love that. You, you also said one of the other ones, what's the worst thing? that could happen. And I think we, you know, can catastrophize. And I think as people get older, they're not as willing to take a risk. And that's why I think it's important to do the opposite. It's important to do the opposite. Um, and so what do I mean by that? I think, I think, you know, a lot of people are going to live to 80, 90, 100. And if you're not happy, whether it's job or, you know, relationship or whatever, then what are you going to do to fix it? What are you going to do to move forward? What are you going to do to create something new and different? And, and really looking at what brings you joy really looking hard at what brings you joy and what you haven't, haven't, you know, maybe the, those joy moments you haven't had, um, in the last 20 years, if you haven't, you know, then refocus your energies on, on, on getting that joy back because life is short and it's easier said than done, but we can do hard things. We can do really, really hard things. And that's what I was talking about earlier about making a story about your future story and your future self. I call it um, future me flying. FMF. Future, wait, future me flying? Yeah. Love it. And so then I'm kind of hovering over 
um, a party, you know, maybe it's a milestone birthday, people are giving a toast, you know, maybe there's music playing in the backyard. Who are those people who you admire, respect, and they admire and respect you? Who, you know, and like getting down to every single detail. Um, what does the house look like? What does the backyard look like? And I think all of those things really help and help cement it. It helps rewire your brain. And then instead of daydreaming about it, and daydreaming is great, but taking a, an action step every day. You don't have to be super scared every day, but you have to take an action step every day. Who did you reach out to on LinkedIn? Who did you, um, you know, what technology did you learn? Do you, have you done the um, chat GPT stuff yet? Have you, you know, have you figured that out? Because it's super interesting. What and is again, chat GPT? I, can you explain <laughs> what the, you're ahead of me in tech. I love technology, but you're ahead of me, Emily. What is no, chat it's, GPT? It's, it's an AI tool and you can ask it questions and it will come out with different answers. Um, I haven't played around with it yet, but it's things like, I mean, so when you read about things like this and when you see that, see it and set aside half an hour or something, because I'm telling you age is an advantage, <laughs> you know, you could come up with some cool tool that, um, I don't know, you, you, if you play around with it, you can go, oh, wow, this would be really cool in like senior living homes. And maybe people could ask a question about, I don't know. I don't, I just think age is an, is an advantage when you get really curious about different technologies and different things that are coming down the pike in the future. That's wonderful. We have so many things that we touched on in this, in this conversation and we're getting to an end now. So I would just like to let our audience know that Everything will be in the show notes that we spoke about and the books that you sent me, the titles. But I would like to know whether there is anything that we didn't touch on that you really want our audience to know. I think just listening to what excites you, like, you know, when you're telling a story or when you're passionate about something, remember that. And then, you know, it's another thread into um, and a window into what you might be able to do and make money at. I mean, um, one woman approached me. We became friends, but, she, you know, she just revealed that she didn't know anything about fashion. <laughs> and I said, I do. <laughs> I know. Um, I hope you spend your money. And so... And so, but that was really rewarding for me to go, okay, here, here's what, what kinds of palettes do you like, you know, do you like this look, this look, this look, but it made me excited to be able to help her, you know? And so just listening to that voice of what excites you, I think is, is super important. And, and what are you drawn to in terms of topics of, of books or magazines? What are you drawn to? You know, all these things will come together. And then we talked about rewriting your own story. And then there's three questions that I would, you know, ask for yourself. 
you know, am I happy in my life right now? Or am I just kind of dreaming about a different new life? And then number two is, is there something I want to do that I haven't done? And then number three is, am I living someone else's dream and not my own? So I think those are all really big, good questions to ask. And because I think people get into a rut, including myself, and then all of a sudden you go, wait a minute, isn't there more? Isn't there something else? And then there's another, there's a resource that I learned about, and it's called learnhowtobecome.org. And it's really about how to make a career change and a pivot over the age of 50. And so those are the things that I would, that I would add. I think that's a perfect place to end. So Emily, thank you so much. Uh, for this insightful and stimulating conversation. <laughs> hey, welcome. Thank you guys. So much fun. That was great. We hope you enjoyed this interview. The biggest takeaway for me was what a strategic advantage it is to have a simple personal website that shows your interests, worldview, taste, and personality. It becomes a powerful calling card. And I loved the three questions. Am I happy in my life right now, or am I just dreaming? Am I living someone else's dream and not my own? And three, is there something I want to do and haven't done? I can definitely say there's a lot I still want to do. To learn more about Emily, head to whatsnext.com forward slash 19 where we share the transcripts, links, and more. Again, that's W-H-A-T-S-N-E-X-T dot com forward slash 19. And if you like what you've heard, share it with someone you care about and subscribe, rate, and review our Inside Out Career Design Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, so you'll never miss an episode. Thanks so much for joining us here today. We'll see you next week for another episode, same time, same place. <laughs>